Olympic Channel podcast. When most 18-year-olds leave home, they aren't double Olympic silver medalist figure skaters looking for the next step. Not many Russian figure skaters decide to train in another country. But Evgenia Medvedeva has left her coach of 11 years and is going to link up with legendary coach Brian Orsa. It's a brave move and not one many people predicted. The two-time world champion sat down with us to talk about her new future in Canada. Hello, my name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best Olympians and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel podcast. With her long brown hair and graceful skating, once you've seen Evgenia Medvedeva on the ice, it's really hard to forget. She was a heavy favourite to win gold in Pyeongchang until a foot injury sidelined her for most of the lead up to the Olympic Games. And that's when Alina Zagitova came in. Trained by the same coach as Medvedeva, she was born in 2002. Foolish by Ashanti was the US Billboard number one on the week she was born. The younger Zagitova took the gold, leaving Medvedeva in second place. Now Medvedeva has left her coach of 11 years and plans to join Brian Orsa. Famously coached Yuna Kim and Yusura Hanyu, amongst many, many other very talented skaters. At the moment, Medvedeva is skating at some off-season shows in Japan, and we managed to speak to her in a hotel room in Makuhari in Japan. We sent Sanjeev Parla to talk about her love for anime and what the future holds for her, but we started off by asking her what she thought about the past. Very tough 12 months. This season was the hardest time in my life. I really had uh, so many experiences, I really had uh, so many emotions, so different emotions. It's really hard to sit on the sofa and uh, just look to the telephone and internet, how uh, everybody is just competing and uh, get their medals and uh, you just even have the chance to be in there. It was first experience for me like this and it was uh, Olympic season and so many things in my mind, uh, so many bad things, but I had uh, so much, so much motivation and um, so much support from my close people, my family and uh, my best friends. I did it not alone. I think if I did it alone, I just wasn't able to be on Olympics. We saw at Pyeongchang, just in general at skating, some skaters have decided to, to put more jumps at the end of their program, to, to wait at the back of their program. But when, uh, uh, for some of the fans, they said, when you see those routines, they tend to be a bit boring. But at the same time, they score higher points. Do you feel that you need to move in that direction with, uh, for yourself to start focusing in that area so you can compete? with the other skaters who are, who are putting more jumps at the back? If uh, I will talk about short program, in my short program, uh, all my jumps in the um, second half too. So yes, it is harder, but you just should to uh, keep balance. 
you uh, you have to look uh, at your music. Mm -hmm. So if uh, music changes uh, from uh, slow to fast, uh, it's okay to do all jumps in the second part. Uh, but if uh, music is not good for this uh, program, like in the first half, uh, all spins and step sequence, and only in the second uh, half, just jump, 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 jump. And you know, uh, figure skating is half art and half sport. And our programs uh, and our images is art and we have to uh, think about judges and audience not to make it boring skating is an art and, and and a performance but do you feel like after pyeongchang 2018 that the artistic side of figure skating is not as important as it used to be it's half and half Yes, it's art and it's sport. I can't say that something is more important. Everything is important. If you only jump, it's not enough. If you only art, it's not enough too. You just have to do a lot of work to make it balance, but you have to do everything better than you did last season. And this is really good experience for me that you shouldn't stay on only one spot. You can, you should to go forward. Now, in, in Pyeongchang, one of the highlights for you, apart from skating, was meeting uh, EXO. Nobody knows, uh, but after this, after this meeting, I just scream it like a fangirl and I really felt so shy about it but it just were amazing and just I don't know what to say so cool and magical it was a it was a great moment have you stayed in touch with EXO have you still kept in contact seen them seen them since then since Pyeongchang we all know that guys are really busy uh, but I have a lot of um, autographs from them and uh, I'm following them in the social networks. After 11 years, you decided to part ways with your coach, uh, Etri Tuberitze. Why did you make that choice? It was my choice. It was my hardest choice in my life. I just uh, sat on my <coughs> bed and I just didn't know what I should to do. But I did this choice and finally I really see the light of my future. And I will try to be better and better. I just wanna go straight forward. Uh, as I said, I don't want to stay on only one spot. I was going to ask you about the move to Canada then. Are you excited about Canada? What do you know about Toronto, the city you're moving to, that excites you about it? I don't know a lot about Toronto, but uh, everyone um, who say to me about the city really say that this is 
so so great city that it's so beautiful this is so beautiful nature so beautiful people so um, i can uh, do so uh, cool time spending and it's so quiet and uh, kind persons in that city and i really hope that i will have all changes to focus on my skate what do you think you're going to miss about living in russia uh, about russia when you live in canada i never thought that yes this is my home and only this place is my home my home is um, where my close people are and um, if i will uh, change the city yes i will um, so miss my city so miss my country but i just will know that uh, all my important um, persons are beside me and i hope that i will feel like home um i was reading yesterday some some websites just about you and there were some reports by the Russian media saying that now that you're moving a city you might compete for a different country have you will you ever consider competing for another nationality no only russia you know it's just speakers it's a change um, my country to uh, continue to uh, compete um, and represent Russian Federation only for this and I will never change it. Well we're in the off season now and this is a chance for you to go touring. After such an emotional competitive season how important is it for you to to come back and do these off-season tours? How does it help you as a as a as a skater? I hope that they will able to see me from another side from another new side and stronger side than before. Now I just feel that I'm not afraid anymore, just nothing. <laughs> I'm not afraid <laughs> and uh, I really feel confident and free on ice. I can enjoy every moment. Uh, another another thing Japan is famous for is anime, and you are a self-professed anime otaku. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you like anime so much? In anime or in uh, cartoons, uh, we have um, beyond fantasy. We can do everything, and we can see everything. Uh, what we want. You have managed to bridge the world between anime and reality in your performances. You've performed as Sailor Moon before, yeah. um, and I think also as a character from Yuri on Ice. Why do you bring anime into figure skating? We just had an, an idea what we should do for a gala, and um, I just say it like a joke. Oh, maybe Sailor Moon, and why not? And I just, wait, what? And finally, <laughs> we did it. I'm always worried that I doesn't look like um, character <laughs> in anime, but 
everyone say to me that I'm really similar with Silverman, but with dark hair. <laughs> now I'm watching, now is the uh, third season of Tokyo Ghoul. I really waited so, so long time for third season and I just watching, oh, like a treasure. <laughs> Yuri and Ice is an anime about the ice skating world. Yeah. How close do you think Yuri on Ice is to the reality of the figure skating world? I can't say that it's absolutely similar, like uh, athletes communicate with each other. Uh, sometimes it's true, sometimes it isn't true, but we all know it's uh, anime, it isn't reality. But all places which we uh, can see in anime, Curio Nice, is really similar as they are. Um, even rooms, even uh, ice rings, everything. Olympic Channel Podcast. Apologies there for the difference in sound. Sanji's mic wasn't quite the same. We had a nightmare. Hopefully it didn't detract too much for the interview. Now we have joining us Ekaterina Kuznetsova. That's correct. As her name suggests, she is Russian. But she also loves figure skating and she works on our social media team here at Olympic Channel. So, how did people in Russia react when Zagatova took gold and Medvedeva took silver? Medvedeva has always been somewhat of a media darling. She was unbeaten since November 2015 until Alina Zagitova came. And then Alina Zagitova is only 15 years old and everybody in Russia, of course they noticed her, but Medvedeva has always been like the major character. People said she worked so hard, she deserves it. Um, so when this whole Olympic victory by Zagitova happened, um, I felt uh, that of course people were cheering for Medvedeva much more and I was staying up until 7 a.m. watching uh, <laughs> figure skating myself I have to, to at reveal Pyeongchang. that at Pyeongchang um, it was really exciting to see because obviously those are two girls from my country they represent my country um, I'm not gonna say who did I support but I was very surprised when I woke up and I saw next morning headlines uh, some of which said come on country wake up you should also be happy for Alina Zagitova because super Every young girl wins gold, big yeah. deal. Uh, but I do understand sentiments about Evgenia because, um, yes, we've seen a lot of Evgenia in the media scene in Russia. Um, and um, she's very, very likable as a person, uh, which I think is also important, whereas Alina is a bit younger, so she's still a rising star. Well, Evgenia as well, but she has that charisma which you can notice in any interview you watch and obviously in skating. Yeah, well, it's just there's lots of things even in the interview just then. She was talking about anime and meeting XO and it's kind of easy to warm to someone who's got all these like little interests and, and, and little. there's like a story there already, isn't there? She's very sweet, isn't she? And plus the fact that she had to compete in Korea, it was a great coincidence because her meeting EXO, I had no clue about K-pop. I know that there are some communities in Russia that care for K-pop, but it's not like huge in our country. So the fact that it coincided for Evgenia and she fulfilled her dream, she met her favorite <laughs> band, um, I think it just... Uh, 
it brought more attention to to this whole story. So yeah. it wasn't just about the medals at the end of the day. Sometimes storytelling is what really uh, grabs people and brings them to to, uh, sure. li to listen and to watch. Well, I mean, it's what the Olympics is all about. I mean, so it was a bit of a shock when she did have the silver on the face of it, but because of this foot injury, actually, uh, you can sort of understand why it happened. But now she's split up with her coach of 11 years. That, I mean, she's not very old, so that's like pretty much her entire life. I mean, how did this happen? Take us through that story. Yes, she's only 18 and uh, her long-term coach, Eterito Tbiridze, they've been together for 11 years. And um, famous um, legendary Russian coach, Tatiana Tarasova, actually said that I haven't seen the relationship as close. And that says a lot. And I'm sure Tatiana Tarasova has seen a lot in her career. <laughs> um, I, per I watched documentary once uh, about Evgenia and Eteri, and it also gave me a feel that they're super close. I don't know if you can compare it to mother-daughter sort of relationship, uh, but I did feel that it's mm. more than just uh, student and coach type of relationship. So now she's going over to Canada to meet with Brian Orser. He is an absolute legendary coach. Why? So it's difficult uh, to answer that question, uh, but I do believe that Brian's achievements kind of speak for themselves. He trained Yuna Kim, who became world and Olympic champion, Yuzuru Hanyu, who gained two world and Olympic titles, um, and then Javier Fernandez as well from Spain, two worlds and an Olympic bronze. So this Not is too a... bad, that, is it? You know, as it <laughs> no, goes, I wouldn't no, mind no, that no. If, if, if I was a coach. Just, so pretty much everyone has won a world championship. Don't do you find it a bit challenging in a way that now he will have to train such an elite skater as Evgenia, who already has her structure in terms of figure skating? It might mm. also be difficult, and that's one of the things that I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I think ultimately, I mean, who's to say? But ultimately, when you look at the best of the best, they've all gone with Brian also. But it's a bit strange for you for a Russian to move out of Russia right you are right because figure skating has always been kind of a niche sport for Russia we are pretty strong in figure skating hockey all the other winter sports um, so yeah I know that some people don't understand her decision in a way that it's okay that you move coach but why don't you train with somebody who lives in Russia because we do have some strong coaches and that's her decision, and we can't really speak about it. We just have to respect it, I guess. What's been the reaction about Evgenia's decision to move since it became all official? Well, the news about Evgenia leaving her coach, it went really global. By global, I mean first channel in Russia, which is like a big deal. And Eteri Tudberidze, Evgenia's coach, gave commentaries to the first channel and she revealed some personal information, even some things that Evgenia said to her in person, uh, which Eteri was criticized for that because a lot of people might say that what um, students says to their coach should just stay between them. You shouldn't be spreading this kind of information. Of course, we're all people, right? We all can get emotional. Um, so some people were like, come on, you don't say this on the first channel. Everybody would know this sure. now. Uh, but I think that um, a lot of people actually wish Evgenia all the best. 
I didn't read too many hate comments. They understand that she needs to move forward and that's her way to say this. And you never know what's going to happen. It's still, what, uh, four years until Beijing. By then, Evgenia right. will be 22 years old. And um, I think, of course, there would be those people who would say, oh, she betrayed her coach. How could she do that? Uh, but then, like, I think I, I was listening to Evgenia's interview where she also says, yes, I am friends with Alina Zagitova, but we are also rivals. Mm. And then we have another example of rivalry that was happening Many years ago, I was a kid watching it between Evgeny Plushenka and Alexei Yagudin as well. Interestingly enough, they also had the same coach. Um, and so Alexei had to change his coach. And by changing his coach, he won a gold medal. It's not always the case. I think it's very individual. But what I heard Brian Orser saying on this is that he wants to give Evgenia freedom that she wasn't getting before, that he really wants to make her more independent. She would get to choose her music, her rhythm. And um, some of the things that people said before about Eteri is that um, she likes to build the whole program by herself. And she wouldn't get, um, and she wouldn't give such luxury uh, to the figure skaters. And as we can all see, she has uh, younger girls, and she has a lot of super oh, potential. My, my on... word, those younger girls. Let's have a talk about that. That is why, though, um, Evgenia has got her to make a change. Ultimately, the generation just below is kind of like insanely good, isn't it? Could you talk about that? It's crazy because, yes, I was watching uh, the first female skater to land the quadruple two-loop jump. Uh, she's called Alexandra Trusova, and she's also one of the students of Eteri Tudberidze. And she's only 13 years old, and mm. this girl already doing some insane things. Um, and I also heard Evgenia saying that even though uh, she's only 18, she sometimes feels like she's the oldest <laughs> among all the girls out there. And she feels like technically they're so much more advanced. If anyone has got any views about that, then please do give us a shout on Olympic Channel. Uh, we would be, we would love it if you got in contact with us. Thanks, Kat. You're going to stick around to give us a couple of recommendations. That's all right? Yeah, of course. Olympic Channel Podcast. We are very excited at Olympic Channel Towers about our new Five Rings film, The People's Fighters. It focuses on the legend of Teofili Stevenson, he turned down a lot of money to not turn pro and fight Muhammad Ali. The feature-length doc goes into Cuba's revolutionary boxing experiment and how the fight continues right now for a new generation of champions. Here's the trailer. Teofilo Stevenson defending heavyweight gold medalist. I'm here with George Foreman. What would happen if Stevenson did come to the States turn pro? Stevenson would undoubtedly become champion of the world. The bout is underway. central to the Cuban experience. They pride themselves very much on their strength and their domination. 
Fidel Castro is going to show the rest of the world how good his revolution was by making Cuba one of the best countries in sports. It's all about making your country proud. That's the Cuban way. Olympic Channel Podcast. So that comes out on the 31st of May and to get in the spirit next week on Olympic Channel Podcast, we talk to some boxers and coaches about fighting their emotions. The boxers cry. And what hurts more, physical or emotional pain? So just before we go, Ekaterina is back to talk us through a couple of recommendations. So first up, what have you been reading? I was reading a book called Chasing Mavericks. Okay. So moving a little bit away from figure skating. <laughs> this one is actually about surfing and it's about surfing legend called Jay Moriarty. And it was written by his coach, Frosty Hessen. And unfortunately, Jay um, tragically died many years ago, but he certainly left such a huge impact uh, in the world of surfing that his coach kind of goes through Jay's life. And there is even an expression, live like Jay, which mm. people still use. I believe there is also a movie, but I haven't seen it. So I'm just reading That's the book. That's all news to me. I've never heard of any of those things. I like, I, I would, that sounds like it's something pretty I awesome. might It's pretty awesome. It's about like. those waves in California called Mavericks, and they, they're like 10 floor buildings, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm like <laughs> would you ever be gnarly up enough, basically, <laughs> to go anywhere near anything. Like, anything, any, anything ever gets that big, and I'm just like, yeah, can't I tried. Do it. I tried surfing recently. It's completely insane. It's um, I can't even understand how these guys are doing this crazy waves. But did you stand up? Uh, barely, I did. <laughs> I honestly, I'm so clumsy. I was sure that I wouldn't be able to, but yes, I did a little oh, bit. Oh, there so, you go. So, I'm, I'm excited by that. This I book like is surfing. my inspiration. Yeah. And what about podcasts? So I heard about this podcast. It's called Armchair Expert, and it features, I mean, its host is Doug Shepard, whose wife is also quite famous. Her name is Kristen Bell. And they're oh, and she's from Frozen. She's the lady <laughs> who sings Let It Go. She's Frozen. She was voice in Gossip Girl. She also starred in this incredibly good TV show called The Good Place, which I loved. So I kind of admire both of them. They're one crazy couple. They're both insane, which makes it even better. I think sometimes you need insane people to make a good podcast. Sure. I mean, I've listened to that one. I actually listened to the Ashton Kutcher one on that podcast. It was really, was really, really interesting actually even though i'm not really a fan of any of those things someone recommended it to me and well actually... sometimes it's just in-depth topics that yeah, make, yeah. makes you into something it no, doesn't no, have it to super. be anything in particular so. he's made loads of money ashton kutcher i never knew anyway thank you <laughs> very much cat for all of that i'm sure we'll speak to you about some more figure skating very soon thank you ed bye-bye thanks to everyone who got in touch about skateboarder niger houston the swiss skateboard association Gave us a flame emoji, which was very nice of them on Instagram. That was the previous episode, if you want to go and check that out. Uh, that was all about why you shouldn't miss skateboarding at Tokyo 2020. If you have any thoughts about this show, then do get in touch. Be kind. We are at Olympic Channel on all our social platforms. One favour, though, that I would ask, if you did like this episode, if you could write us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps 
every other Olympic fan out there to find us. Honestly, it really does help us out. And of course, just plain telling other people that you thought this episode was good on in real life or something, that would be good too. That's it for now. Until next time. Think, Think like an Olympian. Olympian.